Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name for the gift of 2021. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of being alive on this earth at this moment. And in Jesus' name, I ask that you bless our program. Bless uh, my wife. Lord, may this be an encouragement to her, and may we be an encouragement to all those who listen. Lord, just give us a greater faith and hope and love of you. Uh, anoint us, anoint us in this program and anoint all those who listen, that we'd feel a sense of being uh, empowered and strengthened uh, to be, um, to just going into the flow of your spirit. Uh, Lord, just make this program easier than uh, than we maybe think it it, it, uh, it is. Um, just let, let things flow in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How does that sound, Carrie? That sounds like a great, perfect prayer. Perfect prayer. Wanting things to flow. Uh, and so this is sort of coming in on the inside, getting behind the curtain. Um, when Carrie and I are preparing for the programs, um, it's not always easy for us to simply say, oh, we have like 35 wonderful, exciting things to talk about. 35 is a lot. <laughs> We have 10 beautiful things to talk about, but we, we don't want to just fill time. We want the time to be fruitful and beneficial and enjoyable for, for those of you who are listening. And so um, so my prayer was that the Lord would take whatever it is we give him and use it in a way that goes beyond even what we expect. Carrie, you're laughing. <laughs> Entertain. Our dog is in the studio and she's banging up against the bookshelf. I know. This is the first time it's ever happened. She brought a toy in here to play with as we do this, which I guess she likes being around us. It's just cute. But now I'm going to kick her out. Are See? you going to actually kick her out? Well, yeah, because she's going to keep yeah, maybe making that noise. Yeah, she wasn't making any noise until I started the recording. It's kind of weird. That's it's called, ha oh, there it is. There's that dog. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Get out of here, Alaska. Our dog is named Alaska. How's that for a great name for a, a yellow lab? She brought her toy. We weren't giving her enough attention, so she went and got a toy and brought it back down here to the office uh, where the little studio is. So today in the program, Carrie and I are going to walk through some highlights of 2021 and also dig into some New Year's resolutions for 2022. Like, what are New Year's resolutions that are, that are popular when you think about, um, like, what are the things that God would uh, be at work in our lives on? Well, grace builds on nature. So there are some really natural, easy things that people like to focus on. So, Carrie, you're laughing. Is she? She's trying to get back in the room? For some reason, one of your cords goes out the door, and I can't actually shut the door. So she's, so I stuffed a blanket and some pillows in front of the door, but she's... Now it's a whole new game. She's ex she's loving this. She's getting some attention. <laughs> That's all that she needs. Yeah. We kind of ignore the dog. Okay. So, so Carrie, um, taking a look at uh, 2021, I'm going to give you a choice. Do you want to yes. like go backwards and, and reflect on 2021? Or do you want to start first by looking ahead to 2022? Why do I feel like this is a chore? <laughs> I'm a questioner. And I'm just like... <laughs> I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm in the mood to do either. So I'm just being honest. Um, and I I know that I've learned things from 2021, but I'm not really, I don't know, usually I'm energetic and positive, but I just feel kind of down. Yeah, you know. I, I don't know what's wrong. I, I appreciate me. that honesty. And, and you know why? Because. Why? Tell me. Um, no, I, this is very sincere that the um as compared to just mostly sincere this is very sincere <laughs> okay uh, this is sincere that uh, a lot of our life of faith is not about how we're feeling it's not about our moods that doing the will of god is often done despite what our like sensible appetites what our feelings are promoting to us and so it, this is where, like, there are those who put a, a, like a big emphasis on duty. Like, I just, I'm going to do what I need to do. That, that was my dad and my mom. That generation. That generation was very much. <laughs> just expand it to anyone who was born before 1940. It, and they hear that and they're like, yeah, that's right. We were the, the, 
a generation of folks that were not given to pampering. That's probably a good word. I like to be pampered. Is that my problem? I'm thinking now, see, the Lord has been stripping us of so much with COVID. Now he's going to strip us of do it even if it doesn't feel good, even if you don't want to do it, and even if it doesn't bring you a great sense of joy or satisfaction. or And I think that's probably part of my struggle right now. And I, I don't want the program to be about me, but <laughs> let's just face it. Our life is all about me. Um, it's just been a real struggle with, is it the holiday? Is it the kid's home? Is it the constant laboring? I don't know. And I like work. It just lately it feels very laborious. You know, I, I'm wondering if part of it is that um, kids, and maybe it's this generation, or maybe it's just our kids, that um, want to be entertained, want to just um, be doing things that they find enjoyable. So we have found it, like, at least, I don't know, uh, there have been a number of times during our break where the kids have sort of taken for granted the fact that they can just sort of get up late and just um, it just like let lo- lounge around and and not really be expected to step up and do their chores around the house, and they just want to like oh what what's the fun thing we're gonna do today, um, and and that can be tiring especially when a lot of the time they've had outside of school has has been filled with activities whether it's Christmas or other holiday activities that really have just been very fun for them. You know, that actually is, there's some truth in that, Tom. I felt very encouraged when our daughters were home and a couple of them stepped up and helped me with different things we were working on. I can't remember right now, but I just felt like they had my back. And when that was not there, the burden of, life of, you know, I think it's actually just house stuff, meals, and not feeling like the kids are there to support us or to be part of the team, or we have to find five different ways and say them in six different languages, and then threaten them in 10 different, <laughs> to get them to move in a way that's um, quick and excited and um Let's see, appropriate. Motivated. Just like being responsible and being... That really wears on me. Working hard. That like, really burdens me. That, um, yeah. And I don't know if that's affecting the, the looking at the past year or the future year, but when you talk about doing work without the emotion tied to it, a lot of times I get great sense of satisfaction, making a nice meal, a healthy meal, a meal that's, you know, pleasing, tastes good. But if that's not there, or if you don't feel that a gratitude from those around you, there is a way in which you could feel just kind of discouraged. And I think I've just been, I don't know, I take it for granted that that when I work, people are going to appreciate it. Like, can you just do work and never be, you know, have people glad that you did it? Or, I mean, to the other extreme, if you're forced to do labor, like you're enslaved in some way, then you get no sense of, I don't know, repayment. Well, I yeah. don't know where I'm going. I don't really want to go no. here, but I'm just like feeling like I don't really want to talk okay. about anything. I don't know. I actually actually like, so here's what I'm thinking. So <laughs> when I get up and I work, um, I find a lot of meaning in a lot of my work. Not all of my work, but I've been blessed and I'll call it even privileged to be able to spend the greater portion of my career living out that, I'd call it the 80-20 rule where I get to spend 80% of my time on work that is really direct expressions of the things that I find most life-giving, most passionate about, and closest, most closely connected to my, my sense of God-given mission. And only about 20% of my time is work that's done to sort of set the stage, to build the platform so that I'm actually doing that work, right? So that has been a, a huge blessing to my life. On the other hand, it there is still that sense of um, having to just get up and get to work, right? Just get up and you've got to get up, get up early and pray. And getting up early to pray is work. It'd be easier to sleep in. It's more comfortable to sleep in than it is to get up and let me take a chunk of time first thing in the morning to pray. 
And uh, one of the things that I've seen is being sick when I was sick for those several weeks. And thank you folks for praying for me because I'm, I'm feeling like 99%. I'm just so much better that it, it it's easy to break a habit, to break the good habit of getting up early and praying because I was healthy to do that. Being sick, I wasn't able to do that. And, and now that I'm healthy again, it's like, oh, I need to get up in the morning. I need to get up and I need to, um, I need to pray the way that I've done, you know, traditionally. Um, and, and so it's not about, oh, I love getting up with the break of day because it's still dark. But no, you do what you need to do in order to be true to your sense of identity. And I've sensed that, that when I've lost that sense of God first, and God first as expressed through prayer first, and not just saying a prayer, but a good period of time that says, Lord, you are the first relationship in my life, that I'm not, I'm not my best self. I, I don't have those same senses of like store, storehouses of patience and kindness and generosity and um, being a light, you know, that sense of God um, at work in me and through me. And, and that's what's at stake in, in prayer. That's what's at stake in um, putting my relationship with the Lord as expressed in prayer first. I will think about that. <laughs> I have nothing to say because it's all like, 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 like. Okay, so resolutions, past year, things that you've accomplished, what would they be for 2021? Well, I would say that the, the biggest resolution that I made in 2020 that didn't get done. Wait, that's two years ago. I know. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is that I got it done in 2021. Oh, yes. And it was becoming a real estate agent. Nice um, job, Dad. And just doing that was out of a sense of mission, out of a sense of, oh, right, the Lord is going to provide for my family through this, and I'm going to be providing for a lot of families through this. And the interesting thing is that in 2020, this sense of I'm going to become a real estate agent was more about my own and my, our family's own like investment strategy. Like, okay, if we're going to want to buy a house or look at homes or invest in a rental property or something like that, well, it's going to make great sense for me to become an agent. And I never did it. I, and it, that was interesting that I, I wasn't, I didn't make the commitment to say, this is a priority, I'm going to give my time to it, and I'm going to get it done. And sure enough, it floated away. I had paid for the course, I had started little bits of the course, and then sure enough, it got crowded out. Was it harder than you thought, now looking back? Or was it what you would expect for a real estate, like a realtor to have studied or undergone? Or Well, I, I think I'm, I'm at a, a bit of a disadvantage because... I have for almost 25 years, 23 years ago was when I completed my first real estate transaction without an agent, if you, if you can believe it. Was that our first It was house? 1998, our first home. I functioned as the agent. I functioned and privately worked through all the details of- Is this where you went and bought the documents at Staples? I, yeah, I did. I think you couldn't download the- Got the documents. I had to buy the documents. I had to work with the title company. I did both sides of the transaction. We were buying the home from friends, and I did the entire transaction, the whole thing. And, I did not remember that. Yeah. In fact, the uh, the title the, the, the escrow agent that were working for the title company was like, I have never- seen this before, the way I was handling Wait, it. Wait, how many times do you actually hear that line when you do any kind of real estate <laughs> transaction? Yeah. I've heard this many times. That's so funny. So I, I had, because I'd gone down this road a number of times in the last 23 years, there were big chunks of the course around listing and selling aspects of things, uh, buying and selling aspects of of a real estate transaction that were familiar to me. So I didn't find the content particularly difficult. What was the, the most difficult content? The most difficult content was around like, uh, what do you call the difference between running water and standing water when it comes to zoning laws and what happens if it gets rezoned 
And then how do you actually grid out and, and measure parcels of land, things like that. So we're, uh, Carrie, we're up actually against a, a break. What an inspiring part <laughs> to, to bring up. But it, it really has to do with what? How do you complete an action? Back in a minute. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So Carrie, we, we were just finishing up that idea of the resolution that I began in 2020. I, I completed it this year, 2021, where I ended up getting my real estate license in both Washington and in Idaho. And I'm loving it. I'm loving the fact that I can serve these families that I've been able to serve. And folks, if you're heading this way, love to serve you too. Put that little commercial in little, there. Yep. Hey, um, but um, that's, that's not on the top 10 list of the of people's resolutions. I want you to know that, Carrie, becoming a real estate agent. But there are, I, I looked up, I did my little uh, Google search for uh, what are the top 10 New Year's resolutions uh, that people have. Now, I've got two lists. I have the most common <laughs> New Year's resolutions, and I have the top 10 uh, resolute New Year's resolutions for 2022. Oh, that's probably going to be different. Yeah, th- it'll be really interesting to see. So interesting. So, okay, I'm going to see how many of these you can get. That dog is trying to sneak back in this room. She's hearing your voice, dear. She wants to get in. Okay, oh, she's such a bad girl. All right. So, why don't you? Why don't you guess? Okay, which what, which list am I guessing? Um, I'll let you pick. I'm going to just do the top ten, the most common okay. resolutions. Well, weight loss. Weight loss is number two. Okay. Um, after a spendy Christmas, getting a budget of some sort, everyone wants to. Yeah. So number six is save more money or spend less money. Okay. So is weight loss related to healthy eating? Well, losing weight is, um, connected to what's the other part of that? What typically goes with working, becoming more, exercising more. So number one, and and that's why, guess what? You have all those people, uh, signing up for health clubs, memberships. Not anymore. Not anymore. You okay, get so your little exercise more, in the garage. lose weight. Um, um, I would say like a project around the house or learn a new skill or start a new business yeah. or start a new Wow, okay, you're kind of cranking career. through some here. So learning a new skill or hobby is number four. Um, and so this list doesn't have start a new business. However, that would be the, 2022. The top 2022. Don't get COVID. 2022, number one. Get vaccinated, yeah, number get two. Yeah, get healthier. Get healthier is one <laughs> of them. Joking. Okay. For 2022, start a business I would say is number five. start a garden, buy land, live off the land, buy a cow, buy a pig. Well, is land a new job? Like is homestead. that one? <laughs> no. Um, for 2022, a big trend are people working from home or not working for a company in an office, but well, you hear all the numbers of people that aren't returning to work and that are stepping away from what they studied in college or as a trade to start a business or to, I'm like, who's hiring all these independent entrepreneur workers? It just doesn't seem like the economy could absorb that many people going off on their own and starting something. But I'm sure that's number one or two. Um, well, After starting getting a business healthy. is number five. Darn. Yeah. I was hoping for the top three. Yeah. Number one was for 2022 is lose weight. Number two is save more money. So you've okay. got that. Number three is get healthier. So you've kind of said that. That's sort and of the exercise the part. Same as. Number five is start a business, but you're missing number four okay. for 2022. Carrie. Make up with your friends never and family. Seen. Say you're I'm, sorry. <laughs> say sorry to grandma. How about say sorry to the whole Everyone world? Everyone needs say, to nope. love each other, repent. Put others first and not hold grudges. Okay. Number four, you've got to fight, not just reconcile, but you've got to fight climate change. That's number Is four. Is this a woke list? <laughs> Where'd you get this? What site are you going on? I don't know. It's so stupid. Well, listen, Australia just had its hottest day in history. Does everyone know the world's going to end We're in fire to and destruction? We're the trees we had on the planet. Dad, everything's ending in destruction. Oh, Have wow. they not want read Matthew? Oh my goodness. It's this a big is... meteor or something going to okay. hit the earth. Okay. That is funny. Uh, but you said one that I think is very relevant in 2022, which is learn something new. Learn something new. That That's kind of like you talked about developing a skill or a hobby. Learn something new, I think, is connected to um, trying to like be prepared for like what's happening in the world. Like a lot of people that, like how many people do we know that you've heard that they, they're doing something like getting a chicken coop, Right. Well, that's because we know people in Idaho, so. 
Well, I know I know some people on the on the west side <laughs> in the Puget Sound area, a couple of people who got chicken coops because they want to have a source of food for themselves right at their own home. Okay. I think that's so interesting. We have a dog. We have a dog, but that has nothing <laughs> to do with desperate. COVID. Just kidding. Um, let There's, me think. I, I'm just thinking back to 2021. We did a few of these. Like we did the keto challenge in July. Was that? In, oh, no, June. It was June 1st. June 1st. Because we came back from uh, Glacier. That was a new thing on our list. We went to a national park that we had never been to and did that whole trip. That was and how would we do that differently if we had to do it again? Accomplishment. Are you saying we would go in July so we, we could go, go in July when when Did it's actually fully open? Yeah. I thought it was fine. Now we can go back in July of this year. Yeah, that was a big The Road to the Sun. That was a big whoops. No, it was actually just fine. It was still beautiful. It was still beautiful. And we saw a bear by the side of the road, which was, was. kind of cool. I'm thinking 2021 we also did we start something new? We did. I did get a little bit more gardening in. Not a new garden. Just added more things to it. And I'm trying to think what else did we do? We started skiing, which is a new sport, last January. Yeah, that's true. You did. Uh, and for me, that, that was connected to our move here and also connected to stripping down the importance of organized sports. It was the combination of those two things. Spending... Moving- Yes, doing a sport that's outdoors as a family that's more recreational, that's in really just for fun, yep. where you can enjoy the beauty. And there's just so much about that sport that allows you to be together with family. I think, Carrie, that that's actually uh, a trend. Uh, I'm going to call that, I'm going to call it a trend that um, one of the impacts of COVID that we could call a blessing is that in addition to the lessened, availability of organized sports, especially for parents who have kids that are operating at sort of like a higher level. Um, There just were fewer tournaments, fewer opportunities for kids to do that. And it had the, let's call it the reverberation back to these kids where now it's like, oh, was this really that important? But what do we do in its place? I just am afraid that families haven't put anything in the place of and so now kids are even more on their devices and even more in stressful anxiety ridden spaces that's my sense but and the science does kind of back that up that kids are through the roof with anxiety and depression but i think most people that are listening would take this opportunity to go in a different more healthy direction i think you're right i i um so I, I do think that um, in a sign of it is that social media platform, TikTok, which is pretty much a, a smartphone-based um, app, right? It, it's, it's really not something that people look at on, the, on their computers, but it's just these little short videos, like 10 or 15 seconds long, um, that are very creative and humorous and entertaining and, and all that, but they also are, are toxic and dangerous and, and vile and overly sexualized and, 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 and. And that, don't they just scroll on your page so you don't know what you're getting? Right, yes. Not that I want to talk about TikTok, but anyhow, regarding TikTok. Well, it, it's one of those things that I think pulls in people to just waste time and become more addicted and, and just overly stimulated in their attention and especially for kids, hmm. they just get lost. I got an email from um, a mom of a 30-year-old. So she's a grandma. And so she emailed me through the website. I should read you the email. She has um, like one son that still is either living with her or lives nearby and visits her. And he was um, giving her a Christmas gift of playing a game together. Like, let's just play a game, mom. And so they were playing the game, but while they were playing, he was constantly looking at his phone, constantly on the phone, doing something on the phone. And so she gently pushed back and said, would you please just put the phone away while we're playing the game and just enjoy being together? And he said, there's nothing wrong with me being on the phone. 
And, and she's like, well, it just feels disrespectful. It feels like you're not really giving me your attention or the game, the attention. And he's like, well, no, I can do both things. Like when it's not my turn, why can't I be on this? And or whatever he was putting forward for his uh, proposal, he saw nothing wrong with it. And so do you know what she said? I want to ask Dr. Tom. <laughs> Dr. Tom. Can we ask, can we ask Tom? Karen, be calling, calling Dr. Laura. Uh, yeah. What? He, what his opinion is about this and uh and 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 then listen to his response and he says absolutely reach out to him ask him what is his opinion about this and not that he'll follow it but just that he's interested in hearing it okay what are your thoughts on that well this is going in a different direction i know <laughs> i think he definitely needs to put the phone down i would just challenge Anybody who cannot be, to put your phone away for three hours at a time. Okay, if you've not been able to do that ever in your life, try an hour, try two hours, try three hours. And I'm not talking when you're sleeping at night. (laughs) Or an even harder challenge that should, most of us mature Catholics should do is when you get up, your phone is not in your bedroom. That you don't lie in bed reading the phone, looking at the news, checking emails, but it's actually in another part of the house. So when you wake up, your mind is not immediately looking for that stimulation, that that information, that feeling of space in the mind and the heart. And I, I don't know. I'm, right, I'm, it's see, the I'm dopamine. Sen- it's hey, the- is there any resolutions about phone usage? Did you see any of that on top ten? No. That should be. Oh, that's so interesting. Like in the top three. Yeah. Reduction I, of phone usage. So you, it's funny you should say that. Literally this morning. Literally. 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 When Literally. I woke up, I reached for my phone. Uh-oh. And I was about to like click on, and, 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 I, and before I hit it, I'm like, wait a minute. What am I going to click on that is so important right now before I go pray? What is so important? And The text your wife sent you at 3 a.m. <laughs> Honey. What is going on in there? <laughs> no. So I, did what are you talking about? <laughs> Just being goofy. <laughs> okay. So I looked at the phone and instead of hitting like, oh, I, w- I would check my email or I would like go to my go-to like videos from these Catholic channels or whatever. I'm like, I am not going to do that. I'm going to go pray first. It's the first thing I'm going to do is pray. So I got up, did not click on the app and went into the kitchen and to make some coffee for your wife for my wife and myself and it was a mess <laughs> so i said <laughs> i am not going to clean the kitchen i'm going to pray i'm not going to put on the prayers while i clean the kitchen i'm going to pray first and then i'm going to come back in and clean the kitchen if the kids aren't up and um sure enough while I was making the coffee and waiting for the coffee to be done, what was I doing? Cleaning the kitchen. Instead of praying, when I say praying, I was going to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, morning prayer, because that's my standard, is quiet time in, in morning prayer. Uh, the Office of Readings is, is what it is. It's the Liturgy of the Hours. And, um, and so I ended up spending about 25 minutes just getting the kitchen in order while the coffee was cooked. And then sure enough, I got my cup of coffee. And as I'm walking to go to my prayer space, what happens? I come out. You come out. Honey, did you save me some coffee? <laughs> Honey, I need so some you wanted coffee. the coffee. And then I went and, and sat down to get my prayer time. And what did you do? I came and prayed with you. You came, you came and so talked to me. Let's talk to the Lord together. And I'm what like, do we okay, want to tell the Lord? Do do he doesn't now? know do about I, our relationship. Do I talk to my wife or do I talk to the Lord? Definitely the doing second one. my morning prayer. And instead I talk to you. And so I'm like, okay, how did I get robbed out of my, not that you robbed me. Because okay. I could have said, honey, be quiet. I could have said. Come back in a half an hour. I'm not I talking to you. I had the total freedom to, to do that. Until you talk to the Lord. Did not happen. Did not happen. So I did eventually pray, but I allowed, I permitted other things to come in to crowd out that first piece of time. So even like the first temptation was battle against going on the phone. And then there were other battles that just came up in front of me 
all along the way. Atomic Habits, Dad. You need to read it again. Really? No, I'm just joking. Uh, it's amazing how much time I can waste on one in one morning and then how much I get done on a different morning. Just following me around and when I reflect back on the first four hours of my morning, some mornings are amazing. It's like, wow, I really was able to check the boxes. Other mornings, I'm like, what have I been doing for four hours? Now, the funny thing about what you just said, you had to wake up and the kitchen was full of dishes, the kitchen sink. Yep. We went away to uh, Wallace, Idaho to go skiing up at Lookout for four days. And we brought about 10 kids with us. Maybe that's why I'm tired. <laughs> when I think about cooking and laundry and meals, it was a lot of work. Um, these boys um, stayed up. We were up late and Tom and I went to bed around 11. Was it about 11? And the kitchen wasn't fully clean. And we had just been serving a meal for 25 people. And this wasn't a huge house. It was pretty small, actually. But we were just all crammed in there. And Tom graciously invited another family of six to come eat with us. <laughs> I was like, I don't think we have enough food, but that's okay. We'll make it work. And we were so tired. So we go to bed with a kitchen sink full of dishes. And these boys go in there and clean the kitchen and the table and the pans and just really spent time. Not our boys. <laughs> of course, not our boys. Not our boys. <laughs> so I was saying to the mom next year at the basketball games, and I said, do you ever leave dishes in your sink at night? Because your son came and cleaned the kitchen at midnight. She goes, oh, no, we're not allowed. They're not allowed to have dishes in the sink at night. So I was like, well, you've trained him very well. Because <laughs> in our house, there's typically dishes in the sink. That's awesome. All right, we're up against a break. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran, and I'm with my wife, Carrie, on this Faith and Family edition. We're reflecting a bit on 2021 and uh, just some of the, the ways that we've had some resolutions and, and things that we were able to accomplish or surprises, and then looking forward to 2022. Carrie, there, there's one on the 2022 list that I think you would really enjoy, like that it's on there. Okay. But I think that you'd also be surprised and say, no, I would I would update that. I, I don't it doesn't feel like a twenty twenty two way of stating the resolution. Is that because it's You'll get it as soon as I say what it is. It's is it has it does it have to do with travel? Oh, actually that's one food. Yeah, but that was no, that was actually eating. Hold on, hold on. Drinking. You're, you're getting way ahead. <laughs> we'll come to the travel one in a minute. Um but it was um read books. Oh, okay. And when I think about it, I'm like, oh, I can see how that would be a resolution years ago. But what would you say to that? Instead of read books, it would Kindle? be listen uh, to podcasts. Oh. I thought that was obvious that in, but no, in actually, the right now generation. It's too much work to read a book. Podcasts are so easy. So there's an actual, in my sense, I feel like I have an addiction to podcasts. Like it's so easy to consume them, to listen to them, to make you think like, oh, I'm gaining all this insight and I'm learning about this area of life and that area of life. But I actually think it's similar to TV, except not because you're taking in knowledge. Typically, it's not. I'm not. I don't listen to entertaining ones so much. You know, more faith based or dealing with economy or whatever. But there's something about podcasts I don't feel is there's. You have to have it in moderation. Like you could, you could actually listen to five. I could easily listen to five hours of podcasting a day. Really, I don't think that's moderation. Yes. Okay, so in in our, most of these podcasts, like dialogues, like there's a guest on, or is it a content yes. like someone who's generating a lot of content and they're just talking from their storehouse of of knowledge, kind of uh, like Jordan Peterson talking. Typically, it's an area of expertise or a theme, and then they have guests on, and it's the banter, it's the entertaining part of it. But it's also insightful, and it also makes you reflect and think. And But it also disperses your mind into a hundred different directions. So I feel like it limits my ability to go deeper with the Lord. It's in my mind. So my mind is easily, and this is where also you have to be very careful. I'm very susceptible to people's opinions or thoughts or um, the way they see things. If I believe in that person and in their way of presenting stuff, I will fall into their... Uh, I'll be influenced what by them. What does that them. say about me? <laughs> I'm very influenced by you. Actually, it's amazing. Well, it's funny because on. as much as I would say I can enjoy podcasts, and I also enjoy I enjoy an insightful interviewer 
who can bring stuff out of a guest in a particular way. Um, like I think Matt Frad really does a great job of that. Um, I've, I haven't listened to many Joe Rogan podcasts. Um, I guess he's the most popular. I don't listen podcast. to him either. Cause he, he kind of like his language isn't that good. But when I've listened to him, like little snippets of them, I'm like, Oh wow, he's really good. He knows how to ask questions and bring stuff out of people. But for instance, one of my resolutions in 2021 is to read the Ascent of Mount Carmel oh, by see, Saint that's John of the Cross. Beautiful. So this is a difference. Okay, and I know we could talk about this or actually research it. And I know people that are super smart about this because I don't study this. But there's a way in which you're reading a book like that, or if I read, you know, um, um, Jacques Philippe, Father Jacques Philippe, that there's a way in which I'm pondering truth and beauty, and I'm introspective, and I'm thinking, and it's related to me and God and this intimacy of relationship. There's a dynamic there. And so it's taking my mind and forming it in truth. Whereas I can I can deceitfully say to myself or deceive myself and saying, well, I'm listening to these religious podcasts, like three of them, and they're all talking about God things, religious things, and it's really entertaining and insightful. But I don't necessarily think any of them are growing my faith in God. I think they're encouraging me, and I feel like they comfort me and they support me, but they also allow me to stay in isolation out of community because... There's this false sense that, oh, I'm getting fellowship through, you know, there's like a podcast where there's two women or three women or whatnot. So you think you're a part of this, but it's very false and it, there's a hole that it leaves. Oh, is the word false or is the word uh, not complete? Because here's how I'd say it. It's probably better. When I read John of the Cross, um, I, I, I am having a dialogue. So there's a dialogue occurring. But it's not between John of the Cross and an interviewer. It's I'm reading the text, and I can I can pause on a word. Yes. And the dialogue is happening inside of me, where where the Lord is prompting me. The Lord is causing me to remember, to recall, and through the gifting He's given me and He's given us with our reason to be able to take a concept and then to draw upon our memory, to draw upon our imagination to ponder, like to, again, to chew on it, to, to think about it, to yes. put it up and to hold it up in the and light. start to question different things about how that particular area relates to things we've done or said or not done or not said. or So for sure, there's a whole work involved. So John of the Cross is like in these words that just sit on the page, like shining a bright light. And just, and again, it, it came from, Yesterday, when I was preparing for yesterday's program, I was looking for a quote from the Ascent of Mount Carmel. I never found it, but I ended up going over a number of sections that I had underlined when I had gone through the Ascent of Mount Carmel, and I had forgotten so much insight that John of the Cross had that was startling, like astonishing insight that was so convicting to me. I'm like, wow, God, I don't know how you got me to this book, pulling it out of my bookshelf, getting me to open it up to find one quote. But this is like, this is such solid food for my soul right now. I'm like, I need to read this. So I don't think you can get that out of a podcast. No, no, no. In fact, I have um, on YouTube, um, like, listened to certain census fidelium homilies. Well, one of the things that they've started to do is read uh, Catholic classics of spirituality. <laughs> And I like clicked on one by accident or one ended and then it stumbled into it. And I'm like, what am I listening to? (laughs) And I'm like, I cannot take in a classic of Catholic spirituality, like orally, listening to it. I have to look at it. I've got to be able to stop, go back at the beginning of that sentence again, look at the paragraph again, circle back around. So do you see how much depth and that content is present as you try to listen to it and take it in versus just people having a conversation or giving a homily. It's it's so different. Anyhow, so I think podcasts are more of a hindrance to our faith life if we're not careful to limit them to whatever it is. Let's that, say that it, it it's fast food. It can be nourishing, but it um, it's not it's not fine dining. It, it often is not. Um, and I, it can be. You can get again flashes of insight that I think are very powerful and, and helpful or pointers that lead you to things like it, hopefully, for instance, our program. Well, right? absolutely. 
<laughs> I just don't think, um, I think it's better than watching a TV show because a podcast is actually encouraging my faith. It's warming my heart. It's making me think about my own spirituality. Or the right ones. The right ones. Well, most of them that I choose are going to do that. So those are all good. That's better than just sitting and watching Downton Abbey for the fifth time. So yeah. Speak. I think that one of the weaknesses of podcasts, and for that matter, even choosing books, is um, being alert enough and discerning enough about the one to whom you grant a sense of authority, that they're speaking about something with a level of confidence that isn't warranted. They're making a claim, speaking with a conviction that isn't justified. And and that for me is one of the cautions that I have. And, and so often when like, you bring me a, a, a podcast. You say, hey, listen to this. I'll have you listen to like three minutes. And I'll say, what's off about that? Or what's correct about that? Or what do you think when you hear that? Because sometimes I, I am listening to, I have no filter. I mean, it takes a lot of discernment and I don't have the right filters because I'm not formed. And that's what I'm going to quickly just say back to this man that's 30 years old that is on his phone while his mom is him are playing a game. I think he's not formed. He's been malformed. He's been ill-formed. And the mom doesn't have the ability to help him see he's just been allowed to go down this path of being on the phone. And there's just not a lot of formation for kids right now in those age, in that area of age as to the harm and the, and the lack that that kind of action does to your soul, to your relationships. Yeah. So my words to the 30 year old guy is, look, you're really not going to listen to me as a credible authority, but I'll say this as a, as a, as an experiment, Try putting your phone down for five hours. Just put it down for an evening and just pay attention to what happens inside of you. Just you, you can gain tremendous self-knowledge by just undertaking that experiment of seeing how attached you are. You used the word addicted earlier, Carrie, just to see how attached you are to um, the use of your, your smartphone. And, and see if, in fact, it is worth what it costs. Because I'll say this, it's not worth costing a sense of being disrespectful to your mom. So even if you disagree, do it anyways. Honor your mother. Get over yourself. <laughs> Sincerely, get over yourself. You're 30 years old. Grow up. All right. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kernan with my wife, Carrie, and I just kind of went off on that guy, that 30-year-old guy. Did that feel good? It did. Yeah. Well, it's like, who's going to speak that kind of voice into your life? Hey, man, that's another one I'll say to him. You're 30 years old. Who speaks into your life to put into question how you're living? Who speaks into your life to put into question how you're living? Why do you need somebody to speak into your life? Why? Yes. Because we all have blind spots. We all have blind spots, so there are areas in our lives where... Uh, here, let me ask you the question. You've ever at work or in a social setting said to yourself, does that guy have any idea how he's coming across? Boy, he's really coming across in a way that's really broken or dark or as a loser or, or inappropriate. Do you ever notice that? Well, do you think the guy's doing it on purpose? And if he is, does he know why he's doing it on purpose? Right. The, the idea is this, is that we don't have as much self-knowledge as we think we have. And if we have insight into the things we're doing, do we have the power? Do we know how to access the source of power to overcome them? And so just undergoing the experiment of saying, put the phone down for five hours. If you think that's too easy, do it for a day. If you think that's too easy, do it for five days and see what happens. And you will gain the painful furnace of self-knowledge the painful furnace of self-knowledge, you'll realize how alone you are, how empty you are, especially if you lack an intimate, profound union with Jesus Christ, with God as revealed in Christ. It's the only source of fulfillment, authentic fulfillment, because whether you realize it or not or acknowledge it or not, God created you, and he created you for himself. And until that relationship is vital and 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 uh, flourishing in your life, you will lack peace, ultimate meaning, a sense of purpose that goes beyond life on earth. But that's what you're made for. And ready or not, that's what's coming down the road sooner or later. You might think it's way later and you can avoid it or you want to crowd it out or ignore it. 
but this is what life is about. So discover it now. Give yourself an incredible gift of being willing to undergo the furnace of self-knowledge by putting the dang phone down for five hours, five days, and watch what happens. And in that place of pain, in that place of emptiness, cry out to God. You're welcome. So I mean that sincerely, but man, who's going to who's gonna speak into your life like that? Who's going to speak into that guy's life? Because most of the folks that are around him are probably just as uh, addicted or just as stuck with those devices in their lives. And, and it's like, you know, shame on us, like parents, shame on us for you and I, Carrie, if we don't do a better job being stewards that walk with our kids so that they don't become addicted to their phones and not just addicted to their phones, but negatively impacted, twisted in their minds and hearts, wounded in their spirits. Uh, the, these phones are just sources of filth. How do I really feel? I, I think it's becoming more and more evident the sources of filth that they are. So Tom, what are you proud about from 2021 besides your real estate license? I am proud of um, losing 40 pounds. Nice. And I'm ashamed of gaining back, I don't even want to say how many, because I don't know, and because I haven't <laughs> stepped on the, the scale. So, But it has to be at least 20. So do you amen that? Yeah. I amen that. I, I am proud of, should we make this a game? What are you proud of and what are you ashamed of from 2021? <laughs> Hey, if I'm going to say that I'm proud of the fact that I was able to undertake this path of keto to be able to help me lose weight, it's amazing how, I don't know how I fell back into, I think it was, again, injury and sickness. Those are my go-to excuses. Those are my go-to crutches to say that I fell back into you know unhealthy eating patterns and gained back a bunch of weight. I am proud of doing adoration, committing to doing adoration in the month of, I think it was September. It was August. August. I, I was going to go every day. And I was really proud of the fact that the Lord gave me this grace and this inspiration and call. But I'm ashamed of how poorly I performed it. And it was, and I don't think, I don't think God wants us to be discouraged or to feel like we're defeated and it will never happen and we can't do this. But I definitely feel like it was a, it was learning and forging in me an awareness of my own spiritual um, need for him. And then in the month of September, I think was, I was going to go to Mass every day. I think it was the following month, or maybe it was October. Yeah, it was in September. And I wasn't able to complete that. And I think just this awareness of my own self-centered, like, excuse-making, I will not serve, I will not go to Mass, I'm not going to go today, I can't make it. Or sometimes just forgetting. That sounds so terrible. <laughs> so I think that I was excited to do it, and I you know, went to Mass more than typical, but I think I was also just saddened that I lack the, the vigor and the passion and the, I don't have the gifting you have, Tom. Well, and like, let's call it a gift, but a gift also requires a determined effort. That's simple. That's a simple truth in the spiritual life. Uh, growing in our spiritual lives requires the grace of God, first of all, most of all, and last of all, but the corresponding determined effort. And so I'll say that I, I was very blessed to like wake up with the conviction that God convicted me that if I really believed that the Mass was the source and summit of my life of faith and the center of my life, that I could, in fact, organize my day around going to Mass. And I did uh, until I got sick. I was going to Mass every day, and I would make sure that I knew I'm going to this Mass, and if for some reason this Mass wasn't going to happen, I had a backup option. I was going to go to this other Mass. Well, something else you did was pray the rosary with the family every day. I just think there's maybe a handful of days that we missed. And, but yeah. I think you were like 99.9%. Well, and, and it's, it's interesting that, you know what, this is still the mystery of God. I, I don't, you know, it's, you have like great saints and like even contemporary like 
Catholic leaders, holy men and, and priests who say, pray a family rosary every day, as if it's just the easiest, most natural thing, and why can't you just give 20 minutes and pray a family rosary every day? And I'm like, have you ever had nine kids? And, you know, seven kids that are close in age still at home, and Andy and in. look how I pile up the excuses, and school, and, 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 crazy busy, and... Um, it's, so it's like, it's so easy. And then, well, the act of actually praying the rosary, not visibly bearing fruit, where kids still, like, come to the act of praying the rosary with uh, attitudes that are somewhat closed-minded or negative, um, resistant. And, and that's just your wife. <laughs> you got a tough one. But, but it's funny because we what we ended up doing for... Um, periods of time was, okay, we're going to do a family prayer, and then whoever wants to can stay and pray a rosary. So we gave we gave door number two, and most of the kids chose door number two. So there was one, one of our kids, ever faithful, not only would he always say, uh, you know, I'm staying, but he would also be the reminder to say, when are we going to pray a rosary today? Do you think we should do... I listen to Father Mike Schmidt's The Bible in a Year for 2022. Like a, it's a half hour a day, right? I don't know. I, I've never listened to one. I know that it was, again, super popular for the first four or five months of the year. I don't know how long it, it continued being popular. I haven't heard as much about it in the last few months. I think it continued for a good rest of the year. Has it really? It yeah. has continued to be? Yeah, I've got, and I never listened to it until... Three weeks ago, I finally was like, I think they're in the book of Matthew or Luke. It it kind of moves all around. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't go like book by book. It does oh, wow. more of a, it's a very beautiful, um, I think it's Jeff Cavins is the one who kind of orchestrated it with him and did it in a storytelling format. So it's very entertaining and it grabs you. Um, it, it, there's more to it than just reading the Bible. There's more happening in that podcast or in that where people are really growing in their faith and finding great solace and peace. And I think like listening to the Bible is a step up from listening to a podcast. (laughs) Well, like that's closer to reading the Bible. (laughs) Maybe that's a resolution for you. Yeah. I think I would like to do that. I, you know what, there's, there's a part of me that is, uh, I don't know if it's too too arrogant, too conceited, too proud, too whatever to say, Oh, I would be excited to listen to Father Michael Schmitz every day for a year. I, I don't know. I think I'd just so much be more inclined to say I want to sit at the feet of John of the Cross and and these others. Well, I think that would perfectly suit you too. That makes sense. I'm. At, uh, does I'm it still make sense in, that I'm proud and conceited and arrogant? No, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm still in like second, third grade here, so I'm just going to listen to a little Bible story. Well, and and again, I we've heard a little bit about just stories of the fruits that came from that. And so that that's a beautiful example of, of Ascension Press saying, let's reach people in a, in a way that are reachable in a COVID environment. And so they've certainly, you know, discovered podcasts are a way to do this and let's go. And Father Michael Schmitz, you know, for just such a time as this, God has raised him up and pushed him right out in front. So God bless him. We pray for his protection. All right, Carrie, we're up against the end of the program. What? Happy New Year, Carrie. I didn't get to say what I'm doing in 2022. Uh-oh. Well, you'll have to do a part two program. <laughs> All right. God bless you guys. Happy New Year, and join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.